Welcome to episode number 91 of the Rock and Roll Research Podcast, where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the insights and analytics pros that you trust. Hey, today I'm super excited to welcome Frankie Lipinski to the program. Now, Frankie is an insights analyst for Escalant on the consumer and retail team. If you know anything about the consumer and retail team at Escalant, you know that it's led by Dinah Bowen. Uh, who I have worked for a couple times in the past in my career. She's an amazing leader, uh, so you're in you're in a great spot. Uh, she was also on this podcast episode number fifty three, which is cool. We're here to talk about Frankie, and there's a lot of other cool stuff I'd like to share. So first of all, Frankie is a graduate of the MSN Marketing Research Program at Michigan State University. Go Big Ten. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah, you're representing right there on a couch in the back. Um, it is one of the elite programs uh, in this space. So so good on you there, Frankie, for sure. And if you read Nancy Cox's article in Quirks last month, you would know that in Frankie's spare time, uh, she plays for a roller derby, derby team, specifically the Chicago style. How cool is that? Uh, and has been involved in roller derby since the seventh grade, which is really, really awesome. So we have lots of cool stuff to talk about today. Frankie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And I have proof. proof. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Check out those skates. I bet those aren't cheap either. No, no. But I've actually been skating on the same pair for about 12 years now, so... Uh, I'm happy to say that I just ordered a new pair and I'm waiting for them to come to my local rink. And I'm just so excited because this is like the beginner state. So I'm like, imagine how fast I'll be. With oh, this yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stepping up in the world. And of course, this could be like in a pair of new shoes, right? Where you're going to have blisters yeah. and everything, all that good stuff. But hey, it's totally worth it. Hey, before we get started, I thought I would share this with you. I just got these new this new pair of glasses. You can see it's Chicago celebration here. Wonderful. Oh, <laughs> City like, of Chicago, Chicago glasses. What do you know? <laughs> I can send you a tiny sticker of our logo so you can put it over the Bulls logo if you want. The Chicago <laughs> style logo is better. I'm all for it because I'm not particularly a Bulls fan, but uh, glasses were cool and they were cheap. So here we go. <laughs> and I lived in Chicago for five years. So I have some claim to wear, to wear frames like this. Anyway. All right, Frankie, let's talk. So uh, very curious to know to start out how you how you decided to get into research. What's that all about? Yeah, so uh, in high school, I knew psychology was what was interesting to me. You know, yeah. the whole human behavior. I want to understand why people do what they do. That kind of line of thinking is what wanted uh, what got me wanting to study psychology uh, for my undergrad. But I knew I wanted to pair it with something that would make me. Um, actionable in using it and not to say psychology degrees alone aren't but most go on to master's degrees or, or PhDs in psychology and uh, right. go into clinical or academia or whatever what have you and I really wanted to do something right after undergrad I did not expect to jump into a master's program right after my undergrad degree but that's that was down the road decision making um, <laughs> so I, I paired my psychology degree with marketing and I was kind of one foot in both worlds all through college of you know, on the business side, understanding the marketing and really getting the whole 
the core of the business world, you know, all the accounting finances classes you have to take with that. And then the other side being deep into the cognitive behavior and understanding of, of these, you know, humanistic and psychology principles that have, have been powering the site, the marketing research world for decades, um, but not necessarily covering that in, on the marketing side of things. And so I was right. like, I know I'm onto something here with this combination. I'm not really sure what it is I'm trying to do. I took some statistics classes in my psychology undergrad and really thought, okay, this is cool. My first kind of uh, preview into SPSS and all the intricacies yeah. there. And, um, I, <laughs> yeah. and I found out about the marketing research master's program at Michigan State. And uh, the, the professor of the undergrad marketing research course for business majors was the director of the master's program. And he said, by the way, you can double dip the last semester of your undergrad with the first semester uh, of your master's program. And right away, I was like, this is what I've been talking about. Uh, so I was really excited to jump into that um, right away. And I graduated in 2020 and have been in the uh, field ever since. Yeah, cool. And then you graduate in 2020 and then there's the pandemic, but you managed to get a, a start in the industry uh, in, in that environment. Is that right? That's right. Right here in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> Although first yeah. I started working in my back room and then it got cold <laughs> in the winter because it's not insulated. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Cool. Um, and now you're at Escalant uh, and, and you're working on a consumer and retail team. So tell us a little bit about what that entails. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy to share uh, hot off the press. We just acquired C-Space and Holland Partners as of okay. yesterday. Just saw that. I should, yeah. I should say that this is taping on, on April 12th, um, and I just saw that before I jumped on here. So, yeah, that is a big acquisition. That's big news. Very excited yeah. for you. Escal we are so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I'm an insights analyst on the consumer and retail team. Yeah. So I'm on a few strategic accounts and my primary goal is to, you know, make sure everything is running optimally, primarily on the quantitative side, making sure, you know, we're asking the right questions, all of that that goes into a questionnaire design, all the way up to the report, making sure the story is concrete throughout. And I play around a lot in SPSS, as we know, I like, so. Very nice. And you have a crazy good team uh, over there uh, at Esquin. So Thank you. very cool. So. Just a little story from my side. So back when I was in high school, I watched this show called Roller Games, this TV show, and I was totally hooked. It was all about roller derby. It was usually the LA T-Birds was on almost every week. And you had the T-Bird twins and usually had this their star jammer, Ralphie Valadares, that would come in at the end of the game uh, to, to win it at the end. And there's all sorts of personalities like manager Georgia Haas and all this all this crazy stuff I mean it was such a fun world to dive into and delve into which obviously you became attracted to way earlier way back in seventh grade so tell us about that yeah uh well and actually roller derby was founded in Chicago if you if you had heard that uh, in 1935, but it started as like a, oh. <laughs> it was called like the Intercontinental Roller Derby League. And they would essentially yeah. like race around the track for like 2000 miles. And the goal was to like, <laughs> treat it like you're racing around the world and you tap, you tap each other out. And so it's absolutely 
world different from what the sport is today. Yeah. It was exciting that, you know, to find out years ago that it was founded in Chicago. And what we know of it today was founded in Texas. So let's give credit where credit's uh -huh. due. But, <laughs> so we have uh, we have the representation here on this call. But yeah, and I was excited to share this story with you. I waited till, you know, the, the recorded podcast, but I actually got into roller derby because of rock and roll. So um, <laughs> when I was, uh, uh, I was eight, my mom is really great at finding opportunities for me. She was looking at the Chicago paper and saw this thing called Girls Rock Chicago. And okay. it was the, the inaugural year of this program that is now huge in multiple cities, multiple times a year. But I remember back in that first year, there was 16 girls that started out. Um, they put us in this room, you know, in this summer school. So the, the school is closed, but the, the air conditioning's off. So it's very hot. Yeah. And we're, you know, renting this space. And they brought us together for just a week. And on Monday, you decide what instrument you want to play. You uh, kind of group each other into bands based on what people's interests in music are. And I think the age range was like eight to 17, right? So there's okay. a lot of variation in, in age here. Um, they broke us up into four different bands. And throughout the week, you learn how to play your instrument or you get better at it if you had been playing before. I yep. chose the drums because my dad's been a drummer my whole life. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you write a song with your band through the week um, on Friday. You better have your song ready because on Saturday you go to perform. And I uh, we got to perform at Shuba's the first couple of years. And then uh, cool. I went to it up until I turned 17. So after that, they started having us play at the Metro. So I've gotten to play on stage at the Metro before. That is then, uh, so cool. Yeah. And then you on Sunday, the they take us to a recording studio. I'm going to ignore oh, that question. Okay, good. No. <laughs> my dad always joked with me that I only ever play drums once one week a year and I was like yep I don't care about it enough sorry <laughs> but he plays for me okay. but then on Sunday they took us to a recording studio and we get the full experience of getting to record our song and uh, you know gave us a real CD of our output after that so I loved this camp it was a huge part of my development story I'm um, so grateful that I got to be a part of it right at the beginning, and I've uh, volunteered for the organization since. Um, but what I got out of that is, you know, a ton of understanding of of women in rock and female empowerment and everything that has gotten us to this point through yeah. this kind of alternative world. Uh, and with that, I also got a lot of exposure to queer women and women in bands and women that are so out of the like norm of what I saw in my day to day as, you know, an eight year old, right. one year old. Um, and through this, I also had a great group of friends that had all kinds of exposure to other other pieces of Chicago that I had not been before. One of them, roller derby. So yeah. I remember they they told our friend group one day, you know, let's start a roller derby team. And I was like, what? Okay, what? Uh, and I remember having that first meeting among all the people interested in somebody's living room and their mom brought snacks. And we talked <laughs> about, you know, what does this mean to start a team? And uh, I think the friend at the time had parents or somebody affiliated with the adult league, the Chicago yeah. outfit. And yeah. uh, they offered to sponsor us and coach us for free and ended up mentoring us for years. So from seventh grade to sophomore year, I played roller derby um, and it was awesome. And it was a huge part of who I am right now. So you were the founding member of a roller derby team when you were in seventh grade. Yeah. And that's the Chicago Riots. The They're Chicago also Riot. still in still in production, and on May sixth, we have a joint game with them. So they're going to be the kind of 
the you know starter to our headline. Uh, and yeah. I'm just so excited to to see that full circle come through. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. So then so then you go away to school and then you come back to Chicago and you're like, I got to get back into this. Is that how it worked or what's what's the yeah. story? Yeah, one of my aunt's friends currently plays for my team, Chicago Style Roller Derby. Yeah. And uh, what happened was the Chicago Outfit and the DuPage Derby Dames merged together after, you know, the pandemic, after all the craze of uh, what the world has seen in the last few years. And uh, roller derby has not been um, immune to all the impacts of COVID. So yeah. with dwindling numbers on both sides, they decided to merge the teams. And I joined back in August, uh, you know, and since we've voted on the logo and voted on the board of directors and how we're going to move forward with, you know, all of our marketing and game production and uh, really getting to be a part of the strategy of, of building our team from the ground up with so much, you know, prior foundation laid by both teams. So though I'm not playing yeah. for the the name that coached me, I'm playing for the league that uh, really helped me become the player that I am today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first of all, a Chicago style hot dog is the world's most perfect food. So anyone could fight me on that. <laughs> so I love I that. up on hot dogs, but it's <laughs> not worth a fight. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, the other thing, I mean, it really strikes me just how entrepreneurial it is. I mean, you started this back then. And I mean, it really is sort of this bootstrap kind of thing where um, you've got to figure out how to do it. And uh, it's very different. It must be from your day job. Yeah. Well, and roller derby has always been like that with with the league members really having a say in the organization. It's not like your typical bowls team where you have people that are hired full time to run your league. Right. We really have to do it ourselves or else it won't get done. And right. I think that's always been um, a, a PowerPoint of roller right. derby in itself that um, just how how well crafted it is by the people who love and play it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so with that, with that said, that in mind, uh, is there anything you've taken from your roller derby experience that you've applied uh, to your professional life? So one thing I've always really loved about the roller derby community um, that I saw back then when I was a kid and that I jumped right back into uh, this last year is the inclusive environment. Um, sure. You know, it's a sport that is so open and willing to uh, accept and understand all identities. And I don't think I was exposed to as many, you know, queer people, gender diverse people um, in my life prior to roller derby. And I don't know that I would have been without this, this sport right. and this community. Uh, and so I think that's really helped me, of course, with my own identity, but also, you know, who I want to be in the world in terms of advocacy. And sure. I knew going into you know, undergrad that what I was really interested in was like social impact and what it is that we're doing with this world that we've kind of fallen into, um, what we can do to, to make it a better place, um, what that means for the business world. You know, I have all kinds of ideas about that, but um, I've really gotten to see the value of, of people having a space that they really feel like they're supported in and accepted and, and celebrated. Right. Um, in ways that I, I, I don't see often in my day to day. And, and that's allowed me to say, OK, if it's possible here, where else can we do that? Where else are people needing this exposure and this immersion? Um, and how can I bring that into the research world, for example? Yeah, I can. I mean, the connection is making sense to me now, because here mm -hmm. you are 
uh, just out of school in a brand new industry, brand new career, and you just really jumped into this topic um, in the industry and helped, you know, get involved uh, with the leadership of advancing, you know, the notion of DE&I and LGBT, LGBTQ um, uh, awareness and exposure and those kinds of things. Um, you just kind of jumped right into it. Yeah, one of my uh, proudest uh, achievements or, or affiliations right now is working with the Insights Association Idea Council, yeah. uh, including diversity, equity, and access. We're working on a, a three-part series to understanding uh, how to improve demographic questions. So phase one was all about yeah. race and ethnicity questions. We uh, presented that last year, April, and have been continuing to activate it throughout the industry today. Uh, and right now, we just got out of field for phase two, which is on gender identity and sexual orientation questions. Yeah. And we're going to be presenting that at the end of the month at the Insights Association Conference. And then later in the year, we're going to embark on access and abilities. So not only how we ask about disabilities in research, but how we're making our environments accessible and inclusive for people with different levels of ability. So I'm I'm just thrilled to get to be a part of that and to share my my worldview and my life experience with those teams is is really important to me. Yeah, I love that, and it's a great service to the industry as well. Uh, where you know the question is, hey, we really do want to uh, to act according to best practices in this space. We need the leadership of people like you uh, that can help provide the guidance to the industry, so everybody knows and and. Uh, can can operate appropriately. So good, Anya. I think that's really awesome that you're doing something super tangible that helps people out uh, like on day one. So super cool. Thank you. All right. So, so I mean, you are in relatively new in this industry, but already, you know, making an impact. Uh, when you look at the space, you know, what, what do you see? What do you see as the future of research? What What's it look like? And think about this a lot because I think I'm in a you know a huge company and advisory and analytics firm that's thinking about this. We're doing a lot um, internally to make sure everybody's on the same page with these acquisitions. We're excited to see what comes from it and, and expanding our team's skill set tenfold. Um, mm -hmm. I think what is most uh, impactful to me lately has been having conversations with the QRCA Emeritus Group. Uh, I'm privileged to uh, lead the Dear Emeritus column for the QRCA Views magazine. And with that, I got to start attending the Emeritus calls and Emeriti are people who have been involved in the QRCA community for 25 years or more. And they talk wow. a lot about this. You know, we've spent our year, our, our tenured career in research. We spent decades here. Uh, what do we want to do with all this? What do, what do we want to do next, right? Some of them are right. retired or not practicing as much as they were as independents. Um, and I think I've been really inspired by what they've been thinking about uh, ways that we can use our skill set as researchers, the ways we seek to understand and, and ask questions and get information rather than um, you know, focus on, on opinions when it comes to civil society. Um, and all of these kind of disconnects or unrest that we're seeing across the world, how we can help to facilitate those um, for brands, for individuals, for communities. Um, I'm, I'm really loving what they're talking about and I won't share too much on it because uh, we want, you know, to, of course, to roll it out officially, but they're working on something called the Listening Project, which would help researchers understand how we can use these tools that we're so good at in our day jobs in the rest of our lives. 
for me, yeah. that's always been interesting to see, you know, brands have such an impact on, on, on the world at large and on the, the different, you know, societal changes that we see. How can they start to really purposefully drive change for the better? And how can we as researchers help facilitate them to do that in ways that it makes sense given their current reach or scope as a brand? Uh, that's where I want the research world to go. So I'm going to go ahead and yeah. say that's where I think it's heading. But <laughs> I'm excited to play any part of that I can in the in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. I love that. So so this is a podcast, right? It's it's media. You're involved in associations and, and content creation to some extent. So I'm curious to know at this little spare time, you know, uh, that you have available to you, what what media are you turning to for insight, inspiration, or enjoyment? Uh, well, I've been in this deep into this podcast universe right now for a while. When I was first starting in my career, I was deep into yeah. the research podcasts, and sorry to say, I've been focusing very little attention on them. Uh, although I did listen to your podcast episode with Dinah, as well as episode forty-one <laughs> with Matt Valley. Um, <laughs> and the last one, the one with Angela Quinn yeah um, yeah yeah but I haven't been focusing too much on on like research specific content uh, I guess it's tangential but there's this this universe of podcasters that are all you know kind of doing podcasts with each other but one of my favorite ones right now is called you're wrong about which gets into the different ways that society has looked back on these or, or, you know, experience these issues in real time that the whole world was kind of paying attention to and things that we got wrong. So one of my favorite series that they did was all about the um, Tanya Harding case. And oh, yeah. So yeah, and the ways that we've like looked at that from a lens that is not fully accurate, right? Another one is the OJ Simpson trial. And, you know, everybody's here, everybody's watching it, but there's there's so much we get wrong and then we don't ever look back on it. And so they come into it with a journalist lens, do all this research, all of this um, content they put together for these yeah. podcasts. And it's fascinating the way they dissect culture. Um, the other one that this, one of the hosts does, both of them, is called Maintenance Phase. And that's all about the ways that we've understood health and the diet industry and, and what we've gotten wrong. Things like, you know, the, the president's physical fitness test that we take in, in grade schools and high school yeah. in gym, you know, yeah. and everything wrong with that or like how the BMI got started and why it's still such a useless measure. Uh, just really fascinating stuff that I, I like the way that they do their research and then and then share it out, you know, similar to how we're, you know, we're writing reports and giving our clients the nuggets that they need. Um, I love the way that they they set these podcasts up and I know so much work goes into it. So I also am part of their Patreons because if you give them some money, you get to have their bonus episodes where they do uh, more. <laughs> highly intrigued. I must admit what, yeah. what we've gotten wrong. Is that what it's called? You you're wrong about you're wrong about you're wrong. So about. The, the podcast episode, you know, you're wrong about X. Yeah. Okay. Highly intrigued. Highly intrigued. All right. So, so Frankie, you did say you've watched a couple episodes uh, so you know what's coming next, right? It's a question that that I, I really wait for, which is the classic, because it is rock and roll after all. So you're stranded on a desert island, Frankie. Uh, your roller derby team isn't there to keep you company. All you have is your record player. Of course, it's vinyl. Um, right. <laughs> and you have three records at your disposal to keep you company for the rest of your days uh, of your choosing, entirely of your choosing. What are they? Well, Matt, I take getting stranded very seriously. 
And I know I've had uh, a full week to to understand what my top choices were, but it it was very difficult uh, <laughs> because I'm thinking about you know I want the variety, I want the longevity, I want the uh, the uniqueness of the album, so that I'm not just kind of like okay, I'm really sick of this whole genre now after yes you know, the rest of my life to come. Uh, so the first one I'll say is uh, Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Yeah, nice. I like it. I like it. A little yeah. Pop. yeah. Yeah. I think it, it has a lot of that kind of island feel, a lot of that empowerment feel I grew up with, no doubt. Um, yeah. And I thought it would just be something that I could uh, really relish in and, and, and that it wouldn't get old quickly. Or maybe it would. I've never been stranded before. <laughs> uh, the second one would be Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Ah, yes. Yep. Yeah, I think for that one, I've listened to it so many times, and there's always so much more to learn and pick up on. And yep. I think it's just it's it's a really introspective album, and I could uh, stand to to benefit from being stranded with it and and really sitting with that content. I don't think I'll get bored of it very quickly, and I like the um, you know just the the huge difference in the albums. Yeah, it's it's a masterpiece, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What's number three? The third one, I felt like I would need some calamity because I feel like I would probably be a little, um, you know, panicked. Being yeah. Stranded. So yeah. Uh, I really love Imagined Herbal Flows, if you've heard of them. Uh, and they have, a, they have an album. It's more of an EP, but I just I really love it called Floating. And just the, yeah. the feel of it, um, I think, would probably soothe me. And I, I just really like them. I've gotten to see them live a few times and uh, yeah. they're just awesome. All right, I got now. I have I have a new podcast to listen to. I've got a new band to check out. Um, That's right. I'm I'm not hurt that you didn't say Slayer. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. No, really, really, Frankie, it's fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no one said it yet. It'll happen. It'll happen eventually. Yeah. Um, Somebody but... that really must want to suck up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I do really like your choices, though. So uh, I think I would stop by and say hello, hang out for a little bit. So why not? Why not? Excellent. All right, Frankie. Uh, I'm so glad we had a chance to sit down and chat. Uh, we've met briefly, maybe once, right? Um, and uh, I, I knew you were somebody that I really wanted to talk to. Uh, didn't have to be the podcast, but lucky enough today that it is. So I'm sure I'll see you at a conference again sometime soon. I really hope so. Um, and I thank you for your time and rock and roll. That's right. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> <laughs>